you. I might uh, switch over to sheep and wool now, and um, those markets have been a bit variable of late as well, and some difficulties um, bringing uh, especially heavy lamb to, to market through a sort of cooler finish to the spring last year, but that could be levelling out, and, and hopefully we're starting to see a bit more demand return uh, to our key markets like China and, and even into mutton. But uh, for more on that, uh, I'll welcome Elena Barrett. Thanks, Elena. Thanks very, very much, Mark. Thanks for the intro. And um, I wish I had a far more positive story to be telling about sheep today on the back of what we've just heard uh, regarding beef. Um, but unfortunately, our red meat markets do tend to follow um, largely a similar trend. So um, as we sit here in um, early winter 2023, the downward trend of our sheep and lamb prices sort of largely continues uh, as the market's grappling with these key driving forces of supply, quality, export demand, and also throw in a bit of processor capacity constraint in there as well. Uh, and we know we've seen several consecutive years of really buoyant price growth, notwithstanding a few dips along the way. Um, so this now feels like a really quite protracted price correction or, or downward trend. And perhaps um, I was thinking it might be best understood and put into context by just taking a little step back, briefly summarising the path of how we got to today. Uh, and hopefully that helps us to understand where we might be heading in the future. Uh, so we all know that Australian sheep producers really benefited this past decade by growing global demand for both lamb and, and mutton sheep meat. And the OECD put a figure on that for the period 2011 to 21. Uh, and they've come out and said the global consumption of sheep meat actually went up by 21% over that decade. So quite a significant amount. And much of this growth was in the low value and developing nations from an export value point of view, but to our great benefit. It was also matched by growth in the developed countries. Um, and as this long-term and safe producer of quality sheep meat with our large exportable volumes, we were such um, so well-placed uh, to take this opportunity. And it's really exactly what our producers did. Um, then the drought came along, uh, the Eastern Seaboard in particular, and we were met by a big flock liquidation, dropping huge numbers out of the system. Um, but what we saw, that demand was so strong that our prices held firm. So this allowed producers some options. Uh, they were able to keep core breeding stock, uh, afford to feed them through uh, or limit that liquidation somewhat, or they were also able to you know, put that money aside and be financially uh, in a position to really rapidly restock once the drought broke. And uh, for the most part, we think that's that's what occurred. And to put that into context, we've added about 15 million head to our national flock since the lowest point during the drought. And that's just been over three short years. So a really rapid and sustained uh, increase in our flock number. So this coupled with some growth in world economies and return to the good seasons, it fed this local and international demand for our sheep and our sheep meat. And now here we are in the early sort of to mid-2023 period and our flock growth had stabilised. Some would argue it's reached its sustainable limit because we're seeing supply pressure uh, starting to be experienced across particularly certain categories of sheep, but really um, affecting, affecting all categories across the board to some extent. So I thought I might just go through today each of those few factors that are pressuring our price just so we can sort of better understand where they're sitting. So the first one's supply, and we've seen the throughput of both sheep and lambs through sale yards and over the hooks trending considerably higher so far in 23. 
national slaughter data is probably the best uh, indication of this, capturing everything that's processed. And through to early May, it's at a staggering 50% more for mutton uh, in terms of the number of sheep processed from the same period last year. This is over a million head uh, of additional processing uh, since uh, last year, or sorry, for the same period last year. And when we look at the lamb data, we're at about 8% more lambs or 500,000 head. Um, on top of, of the actual slaughter data, yardings of the restocker, the lighter type animals are also consistently high week on week. So what that's um, pointing to is that a high supply of heavier lambs is likely through the winter, perhaps early spring. Um, perhaps this will um, be dependent a little bit on the weather throughout the next few months, um, but we do expect that this high supply will continue. And if we look back at trends over the prior decade, we would see that the supply of sheep and lambs would normally actually dip through this winter winter period, but the market generally anticipates that this just might not occur in 23, uh, which is just going to contribute to that price pressure and also you know, be particularly sensitive if we happen to get uh, dry enough conditions to cause people to uh, get out of stock earlier than they would have otherwise. The next factor to consider is quality. Uh, so we continue to see sort of two markets, if you like, one for heavy, well-finished animals still um, trending downward, but holding up a better, in better shape uh, than our lighter and less finished animals. So the discount at the moment in early May at the time of recording, uh, it's around 250 cents per kilo between a heavy lamb and a lighter or a restocker lamb. It's a really stark comparison to where we were 12 months ago uh, into May last year where your lighter categories of sheep were on par, if not actually trading at a premium to your heavy lambs. And that was just indicating uh, that really heavy restocker uh, demand and also export demand at that time. So I think this can be taken as a strong signal that flock growth has perhaps stabilised. We've got far less demand for those restocker and light type sheep. Uh, and really it's the only the, the heavy and the well-finished animals attracting uh, the decent prices through the yards or over the hooks. Turning now to exports and uh, a more positive story, um, exports through to the end of April, um, tracking exceptionally well year on year, uh, which is great news for uh, demand going forward. And considering also that 2022 was actually a record export year. So lamb exports overall, they're up 5% for the year to April. And this was largely driven uh, by China, 30% year on year increase in such a large market. But a huge uptick in a smaller market also of South Korea, 50% uh, and 32% through to the UAE. So those are sort of the notable uh, increases over that period. Uh, and the overall 5% increase year to date has been seen despite significant drags coming out of the US market for lamb. We've got exports to the US down 23% year on year through to April. Um, and that's really significant on two fronts. Firstly, the US has since about May um, 2020 or June perhaps, being Australia's largest export market by volume. So it overtook China at that time to become our largest export market by volume. Um, but it's also importantly a really high value market. The import prices into the US are at times more than double that of uh, China on a per kilo basis. So the value of that market um, really plays a big part in the overall export value of Australian lamb. Um, but what we're about to see, um, we expect, is that in the June quarter data for 23, uh, that China 
export volumes will overtake um, and outpace exports to the US as that US economy sort of slows and consumer spending on what is a niche product there um, will soften. Positive news, though, for the US market is mutton imports. So uh, we've seen a 20% increase in mutton imports through to the US over that same period. So while they're taking less lamb, they're taking more mutton, albeit it's a much smaller uh, base that they're starting from. Um, but perhaps a positive trend in that the US consumer may have developed a lasting taste for sheep meat and they're simply switching to a lower value product as opposed to seeking, you know, a complete alternative to sheep meat. So we'll look to the future data as to whether that continues, but I think overall that's quite a positive sign um, in what is not otherwise a great story. Um, but another good story for a mutton, and we did see prices respond along with this, was a major recovery in the China mutton uh, import market, 77% year on year. So a massive increase through to April, uh, and we'll watch uh, interested in what the next lot of data suggests for China's um, mutton imports as well. Uh, another really pos positive factor coming forward for exports that many of you will have seen, it's the finalisation of the Australia-UK FTAs. It's going to be known as the AUK FTA. And for sheep meat, we'll see volumes increase from 25,000 tonnes um, tariff-free in year one through to 75,000 uh, tons in year 10. Um, these are really generous volumes in comparison to what we've historically exported to the UK. We've averaged around 9,500 tonnes for the period 2020 to 2022. So if we were to see our uh, sheep meat in exports through to the UK reach anywhere near those um, tariff levels, um, I think we would be doing very well in that market. Uh, and importantly, similar to the US, the UK is uh, a really high value market. It's actually higher value again than the US. So the average price of Australian sheep meat um, exported to the UK last year was a little over $11 per kilo. And it's that's running around 10% higher than the US export price for the same period. So overall, uh, hugely positive news for the sheep industry and could be um, particularly beneficial in that high value market. So we'll turn now to price and what it all means uh, for the price received by our sheep producers. We've got the drags of supply, we've got softer export demand from the US and we've got varying quality of sheep on offer. Uh, and these three things are tipped to continue through the winter months, even into spring, particularly forecasts for dry weather come to fruition. Um, our export demand for lamb and sheep, it's arguably the single most important factor to watch in price outcomes in this heavy supply environment. We've done a bit of analysis uh, on the links between uh, export demand and price, and it suggests that export volumes over the past 10 years or so carrying what we would consider a moderate to strong correlation uh, with um, heavy lamb indicator prices. And what we've done there is just for allow for a two-month lag in how we calculate that price versus the export volume. So overall, that volume of supply and the local conditions will be the other two important factors to watch. Um, and that comes along with quality. At the minute, we've got the heavy lamb indicator sitting at sort of the mid to high 600 cent mark. Um, there still remains ample profit in the sheep production system for producers at that price. Um, but our message, I think, uh, is around cost of production, 
uh, and watching um, those and how they're creeping up in what is a higher cost environment than what we've previously been in, but also trading risk um, would be wisely sort of carefully considered in what is generally a softer market. Um, so we'll watch with bated breath as to what the next few months um, uh, bring forward for us with sheep meat. Turning to wool, the EMI at the moment, Eastern Market Indicator, sitting at around 1,310 cents, 1,310. Uh, the average so far for the year is uh, 1,315 cents. So really it hasn't fluctuated much um, at all. If you chart that over the year, it's quite a flat looking line. Um, but against the average for 2022, we are slightly softer. It was 1385. So we do generally remain in a softer wool market. Uh, and that's sort of mirrored by reports from the auction rooms, which sort of speak of weaker demand. Uh, and it's sort of keeping any real shift in pricing from being a reality, I would say, at this point in time. Um, but as usual, I think we need to turn to the individual micron price guides to tell the real story as opposed to the overarching um, EMI. So the 19 to 22 micron categories continue to perform the most strongly compared to last year's prices. They're all at least um, on par or above with the levels um, seen last year. And we're talking around 1,600 cents um, for the 19 sort of micron categories through to perhaps 1,400 cents or so uh, the 22 micron category. Our super fine wool types are trending a bit lower than, than the prior year, uh, but still returning upwards of 1,900 cents. So still, you know, a reasonable price in historic terms. And they have been more sought after in recent weeks uh, by top makers, particularly low vegetable matter types. But Sadly, those broader types for all our cross-bedded composite producers, that 26 to 30 micron wool is not doing a great deal, um, not a lot of demand, still hovering at around the 350 cent mark. Um, in some cases, perhaps even struggling to repay the ever-increasing cost of shearing. So uh, through um, our intelligence, we now believe that uh, the cost of shearing is up to nine, if not ten dollars a head for full contract. Uh, so re to return that ten dollar cost uh, with these broader wools, um, you'd really need to be cutting uh, at least a four, if not four and a half kilogram fleece, perhaps seventy percent yield. Um, getting um, it look possible, um, but it's not going to be possible in every case, depending on where you are and what conditions you're in. In terms of wool volumes in the market, um, it. Throughput is largely the same as 2022. So far, we've seen around one and a half million bales uh, processed through the auction system. The Australian Wool Forecasting Committee in late April recently updated their forecast for total wool production for the season, uh, and it's sitting at around 324 million kilograms greasy. This is uh, hardly up at all on last year, 1% or so, and perhaps also signalises um, a stabilising in the national flock. In positive signs for improvement in market demand for wool in the near term, uh, the chairman of AWI has come back from a recent visit to China, uh, noting uh, considerable investment in processing capacity, um, which sounds like it must be a positive sign. There's also been some significant recovery, recovery sorry, in wool apparel imports in some major northern hemisphere markets, and that includes Japan, the US, Germany, France, South Korea, the UK and Italy. So all of those nations have actually um, surpassed their pre-COVID wool apparel import levels with the exception of Japan and the UK. So positive signs for um, 
the demand for wool at the consumer level in the Northern Hemisphere, which is such important markets. Um, but as we know, China's domestic demand is vital. Uh, so much of our wool is not only processed in China, but consumed there and worn there by, by Chinese people. Uh, and it's far more difficult to predict. So we've got a lack of available data. Um, but look, a lessening shipping backlog and increasing processor capacity are, are surely positive signs for at least a stable market in the longer term. Thanks for that, Elena. Much appreciated. Uh, 